What is up, my friends, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Monday, January 25th, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Today on the podcast, we're going to discuss Boston's 6-1 victory over the Philadelphia Flyers on Saturday. Without question, their best effort and best win of the season so far. I will also crown not one, but two Bruins of the week and also update some news and notes from around the NHL. Before we get into all that, let me remind you that the podcast is available Anywhere podcasts are available, so please do subscribe, whether it be on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Pocket Casts, would be very much appreciated, and you can get every new episode uploaded automatically to your feed for you to listen and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. Social media, the podcast is available on Twitter. I made a change over the weekend, dropped the underscore, so now you can just find the podcast at LO Boston Bruins on Instagram, made a little change as well, and we are now Locked On Bruins on Instagram. Myself, you can find me on both platforms at ENC McLaren. If you're new to the podcast, you should know that I'm a lifelong Bruins fan dating back to the 80s. I have been writing about hockey for about 16 years now. Worked full-time as a hockey writer for The Score for about five years, and now am hosting this podcast. Most recently, I covered some junior hockey prospects for SB Nation sites and got to uh, cover the 2019 OHL Championship here in Guelph, which was uh, pretty thrilling. Speaking of thrilling, the Bruins finally broke out with a much-needed lopsided victory beating the Philadelphia Flyers 6-1 on Saturday night. They outshot the Flyers only by a margin of 26-17, but of course it was the pucks that went in the net that were most important. Uh, Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand led the way with two goals and an assist apiece for three points. Craig Smith and Charlie Coyle chipped in a goal and an assist apiece as well for two points of their own. And there were a bunch of guys with a point apiece, including first career points from Trent Frederick, who set up Charlie Coyle's amazing deflection goal with uh, a pretty nice feed from the wall. And then Jacob Zborl also recorded his first career assist, this coming on a power play goal scored by Brand Marchand. It was a secondary assist with the primary assist, Going to Nick Ritchie, who continues to impress. Oh, sorry, I should add, he also had two points. And we'll talk more about Ritchie and Frederick here in a couple moments. But uh, a very complete effort for the Bruins as a whole. Uh, The shot leader in the game was Bergeron and Marchand, both with five apiece. And they were rewarded with the two goals as well. Of Bergeron's effort, his best as a captain so far. Uh, sorry, Marchand said he always comes to play. He's always competitive. He brings his best 
His effort is unmatched out there. It's the reason he's one of the best players in the league, and he has been for 15 years. Another example of that tonight. Stepped up big and led the way on and off the ice. Uh, Brett Ritchie, as I said, picked up two assists, both on the power play, one on Bergeron's first goal and one on Marchand's second. Marchand said, Ritchie is really good down around the net. He's strong on pucks, makes really good, quick little plays. I think we're starting to build that chemistry, and it's great to have him there. One of the big concerns early on for the Bruins was a lack of 5-on-5 scoring. That was rectified in this game as three of the six goals came 5-on-5, one of Marchand's, and then two involving the new-look third line, which featured Trent Frederick on the left side, Craig Smith on the right side, and Charlie Coyle down the middle. Those numbers, 11, 12, 13. I like to call them the Oceans line because of Oceans 11, Oceans 12, Oceans 13, of course. Now, head coach Bruce Cassidy has kept Coyle and Smith together pretty much since the beginning of training camp, wanting them to get some chemistry. And he said, right now, I like what I see with Freddie there. It's a mindset. We wanted to build a bigger line. Originally, they had Nick Ritchie penciled in there in training camp. He was doing a good job with them, but Ritchie has moved up because of some injuries. Now, Frederick goes in there as the bigger body and did not look out of place by any means. Like I said, setting up Charlie Coyle's goal, he drew a couple penalties, and getting under the opposition's skin is something that is pretty valuable. You know, Charlie Coyle said it's a pretty good skill to have, especially for a younger guy. He's done it well. He's earned everything so far coming into camp this year. You can tell he was ready. You can tell he put the work in during the offseason He's earned it, gotten better and better as the weeks go by. He is making a difference. You know, he's drawing penalties. He's not taking penalties, which is uh, an amazing uh, trade-off for sure. He knows what we need from him, and he's doing it very well. Coyle added, he's a fun guy to play with, always happy, always talking on the bench, makes it easier for us to play. You know, there was the clip that went around last week of Frederick really getting under P.K. Subban's uh, getting on his nerves, talking about go make another workout video. Cassidy said they welcome the abrasiveness. It's one of those things we talk to him about. Get to the net, finish your checks, be ornery, piss people off, whatever it needs to be. He's bought into all these things. Again, just do your part. You can't run over the goalie, but you've got to get to the top of the crease. And the Smith goal was a great example of that. So good for him. He's taken what we've asked of him to heart. Frederick finished the night with three shots on goal, two hits, plus two rating in 1431 of ice time. And again, he do- drove to the net to help lead to Smith's first goal as a Bruin at 230 of the second period and, you know, just caused enough disruption on Carter Hart to uh, allow the puck to sneak in while also not drawing a goalie interference penalty, which is amazing. Smith said he's a big, strong kid that can skate, uses his legs. He can gain confidence from that. You can see he wants to do the right things. Talkative on the bench, as Coyle mentioned, and very open to changing things on the ice and working with you. Did a great job tonight of funneling pucks. Ended up in a nice goal for Smith. So, you know, he certainly appreciated that, of course. I mentioned Jacobs Borrell got his first assist as a member of the Bruins. 
And Cassidy said, Zboril has been a nice surprise playing alongside Kevin Miller on the Bruins' third pair. He said, I don't know actually if surprise is the right word. They just didn't know what necessarily they were going to get from him. They hadn't seen as much from him. But Cassidy finds he's going back on pucks, showing a lot of courage, lots of poise, all wrapped into one. Coming out of piles with pucks, and we knew he could make good plays. He's going in, winning battles, and has a confidence to compete against men. We like what we've seen from him so far, Cassidy said. He's paired with the right guy as well in Kevin Miller. Miller's like a bigger brother. He'll have his back, and he'll push him in practice. So that's been excellent. And so far, yeah, the defense hasn't really been a huge problem for the Bruins, to be honest. Everybody was worried about Tori Krug's departure, Zdeno Char leaving, Krug... Uh, you know, he got his first goal as a member of the St. Louis Blues the other night. So far, the Bruins have only allowed 10 goals against in uh, those five games. They're even two goals per game. Puts them near the top of the NHL in terms of team defense. Only the New York Islanders and the Dallas Stars have a better goals against per game. The Stars, of course, have only played one game, and they won 7-0 against the Predators. The Islanders have played four games, and they're allowing 1.5 goals for, per game. One of those results, you know, being the shutout against the Bruins. But so far, team defense, the Bruins are playing quite well, and the goals are starting to come now, too. They are now averaging, uh, I believe... 2.6 goals per game, and certainly after the rough start, the offense is starting to turn around, which is amazing to see. And uh, Bruce Cassidy will have some decisions to make when David Pasternak gets healthy, once Andre Kasha is ready to return. Uh, but we'll, of course, address that when we arrive at that bridge. But so far, things look pretty good. The Bruins at 5-on-5 five five have a second-ranked Corsi percentage of 56.84, generating 212 shot attempts for, as opposed to 161 against. And their expected goals for percentage is third in the NHL, 57.07. So altogether, the Bruins looking pretty good here in the early going. Before we move on to the Bruins of the week, let's talk for a moment about Bet Online. The Super Bowl matchup is now set, the NBA and NHL playoffs are in full swing, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust for all your sports betting needs, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. You can visit our good friends and exclusive partners at betonline underscore AG on social media to take advantage of other bonuses, the best in the business. All you got to do is sign up for a free account, use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. There's a new exciting podcast here on the Locked On Network. You can get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. 
Now, I mentioned we were going to name the Bruins of the Week, or it's usually Bruin of the Week, but I could not decide between the two Bruins who have impressed me the most so far this season. The first being Nick Ritchie. He is averaging a point per game through five games, two goals, three assists, with four points coming on the power play. He has been a huge addition with the man advantage, setting up shop in front of the net, not only being able to distribute the puck with great efficiency, but also disrupting the goaltender and creating some pretty good opportunities to score as well. He has the two goals so far, but easily could have a couple more based on how he has been playing and based on how he has been positioning himself in that, uh, yeah, right in front of the goaltender. Now, of course, Nick Ritchie was drafted in the first round, 10th overall back in 2014. He hasn't quite lived up to that billing. He's got 46 goals, 70 assists in 299 career games with 352 penalty minutes. And we saw that propensity to get whistled for infractions back in the bubble, that one game where he had a couple penalties, took a five-minute major, really set the Bruins back. So far this season, he's only taken one minor penalty, and he's really showing off that offensive upside that had him uh, picked 10th overall back in 2014. So full credit to Nick Ritchie so far this season. Uh, He had it a bit tough coming over from the Ducks prior to the trade deadline, only a handful of games prior to the COVID shutdown, and then didn't really quite find his footing in the bubble. But now after a full training camp, getting to know the players a bit better, getting to know Bruce Cassidy's system a bit better, he certainly looks like a pretty good fit. And I don't see too many people decrying that trade at this point. I do see still some people saying it's time to cut bait with Andre Kasha. He's a waste of space. I'm still willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's out right now dealing with concussion. Hopefully he's able to come back soon and, uh, you know, um, get the opportunity to work his way back into the... I do still see some upside there. And a lineup with Pasternak, Kasha, Smith on the right side, Bergeron, Krejci Coyle on the left side, and then uh, Marchand, DeBrusque, Richie, or Frederick on the left side. That could be a very potent top nine. And that's the kind of forward depth that you need to win championships. The defense probably needs a little work still, a little more depth up, uh, on the left side. And we might see perhaps John Moore packaged with an Anders Bjork, perhaps to bring that. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Bjork goes the way of Danton Heinen and Ryan Donato, guys who came up in the Bruins system and just don't quite fit and are therefore jettisoned for that help. Now, I mentioned there are two Bruins of the week. Again, I've talked a lot about Trent Frederick so far, but I can't not give him a nod this week for the way that he has uh, just come out flying for the Bruins to start the season. He began on the fourth line with Sean Corrali and Chris Wagner, really effective in that line, a major disturber all over the ice. 
he has been bumped up to the third line because of some injuries, and he has, uh, like I said, recorded that one assist. He has yet to be called for a major or minor infraction, and he's been drawing penalties all over the place. He can even chip in uh, in the faceoff circle as a center coming up into the NHL and, you know, can hit. And he's also been a positive possession player with a Corsi rating of 55.95%. He's been on the ice for 47 shot attempts for the Bruins and only 37 against. Uh, So he's, you know, pretty strong defensively as well. And again, just to show you how effective he was against the Flyers, he drew an offensive zone hooking penalty on Mark Friedman that led to a Patrice Bergeron power play goal. He drove to the net and disturbed Carter Hart enough to allow Craig Smith to score his first goal as a Bruin. He floated that saucer pass to Charlie Coyle for the tap-in, recording his first career point. And then he drew a misconduct penalty on Friedman that allowed Brad Marchand to score a power play goal later in the game. And it certainly seems as though he has secured himself a full-time position with the Boston Bruins. He's becoming a fan favorite. There's fan accounts popping up. Everybody's kind of naming themselves the president of the Trent Frederick fan club. I'll be honest, when he was drafted in the first round back in 2016, I was a bit skeptical and you know we saw players kind of jump out from that draft class that were selected later than him I think of Alex Debrinket specifically he was selected in the second round 39th overall he's got 89 goals 89 assists already at the NHL level Adam Fox has become a pretty special player for the New York Rangers And, uh, yeah, there's a few other guys as well who could have warranted more of a look for the Bruins. Philip Ronick in Detroit is a pretty talented left-hand shot for the Red Wings. But, uh, all things considered, Trent Frederick appears to be fitting in quite well with the Bruins at this stage in his career. And I am, you know, excited to watch him on a nightly basis. And that's what you want from your players, to be effective to be endearing, and also to help the team win. And he is doing all of those things at the moment, as well as Nick Ritchie. So full credit to both of those guys, kind of off the radar coming into the season. We weren't sure what they would be, but they're turning into uh, essential parts of the Bruins' success. And again, you need that forward depth in order to compete, in order to contend, in order to win championships. And if they can continue to... Uh, be as effective as they have or fit into their roles once Pasternak, Kasha come back, then the Bruins will certainly be better off for it. And uh, yeah, full credit to Don Sweeney right now for that trade that brought Nick Ritchie in. The Bruins needed to get bigger from their perspective, but both Ritchie and Frederick, while they do bring that size to the lineup, they also are bringing uh, skill and disruptive behavior that is benefiting the team uh so yeah very very fortunate to have those guys going at full blast right now for the boston bruins 
Let's talk for a moment about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. And I can attest to that having recently devoured a box myself. They are amazing. I particularly like a few of their 18 amazing flavors. Lemon almond cheesecake, raspberry, peanut butter, uh, what else? Double chocolate, peanut butter brownie. Every bar is covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, but they're also great for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber and provide that energy boost that I need to get through the day. And they also are gluten-free, which is important to me as one who has celiac. Now, right now, Built Bar is offering a pretty great deal. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. This week on the podcast... We have some regular segments coming up. On Tuesday, you can expect an updated East Division Power Rankings. Wednesdays are a mailbag. Thursdays, we have the NHL's Top 5. And on Friday, planning to have friend of the pod, Mayor Zilberberg, back on for This Week in Hockey. Could have some other friends of the pod sprinkled in there as well. So be sure, again, to hit that subscribe button so that you do not miss an episode. The huge news over the weekend, of course, was the trade that sent Patrick Laine and Jack Roslovich to the Columbus Blue Jackets for Pierre-Luc Dubois in a third-round pick. It ended the saga that saw trade requests made by all three players. I'm not convinced that the destinations were uh, you know, preferred by any party, save for perhaps Roslovich, who is a Columbus-area native. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure to see Patrick Laine in the John Tortorella system. Uh, the Jets certainly have some amazing talent still without Laine and Roslovich, but plus Dubois, you know, you have uh, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ellers, Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley up front. Cole Perfetti is a very high-end prospect who could see a call-up at some point this season. Um, so the Jets, yeah, did their part to help solidify their standing in the North Division while the Blue Jackets got rid of a player who clearly didn't want to be there for whatever reason. I'm not convinced it's completely Tortorella-related. And again, if you look back at his last game as a Blue Jacket, you can see that he had pretty much quit on the team. And... Um, there's rumors about perhaps disagreeing with some of the players politically um, or not really fitting in the room with some of the personalities there. But um, yeah, it'll be fun to see what happens with Line playing for Tortorella to be sure. He says he's committed to um, being the best player he can wherever he is. And now it could take us some time before we see these guys in their new jerseys as there are COVID-19 protocols for international travelers. There was some concern coming into the season about, yeah, trades from Canadian and American teams and the disruption it might occur having to quarantine. But uh, yeah, this is the situation that we're in now and hopefully they can be cleared and are able to... Uh, 
make their debuts for their new respective clubs safely, obviously. Some other news and notes from around the NHL. Chris Johnston and Elliot Friedman report several clubs are looking to move the 2021 NHL draft from July to December or January because the pandemic has made it difficult for draft-eligible players to be properly scouted. I think of my own local junior team. Have yet to play. Not really sure when they will. Uh, one guy on the Guelph Storm, Daniil Cheka, he is a very highly rated prospect, but hasn't been able to play. So uh, they're looking at ways to tinker with the draft so that these guys can properly show off their talent for prospective NHL teams. One solution could be staging a tournament this spring to showcase some of the prospects for evaluation. And of course, any changes to the draft requires approval from the NHL and the NHLPA. One other report from Saturday night's Hockey Night in Canada headlines revolved around Philip Deneau of the Montreal Canadiens, the first place Montreal Canadiens. They're 4-0-2, I believe, to start the season. And... Apparently, the team and Philip Deneau are a bit off on contract negotiations. And looking ahead to next summer, I could see Deneau being a guy that the Bruins could target, say, if perhaps uh, David Krejci does not come back. Deneau is a very talented two-way center who I think would fit in quite well with the Bruins system, uh, kind of a Bergeron light. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Speaking of our Bruins, I forgot to mention that Matt Grizzlick was unable to play in Saturday's win over the Flyers, which made the lopsided score even more impressive as Connor Clifton was playing on his offside with Brandon Carlo. Grizzlick was feeling the effects of being banged up in Thursday's game against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers as well. And hopefully we'll have an update here on Monday as the Bruins get ready to play against the Pittsburgh Penguins a couple games here Thursday and Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday, to be a bit more chronological about it. The Bruins did not practice Sunday. They had the day off after the big win back on the ice here on Monday for practice. So we'll get a look at Matt Grizzlick hopefully back on the ice and what the lineup could look like in advance of Tuesday's game against the Penguins, which we will, of course, preview tomorrow on the podcast. Thanks so much for taking some time to listen to today's podcast. It really means a lot. Those of you who tune in, if you could tell a friend today about the podcast, that would be very much appreciated. Let them know we're a daily Boston Bruins podcast where I talk about all things spoke to be and take a look around the NHL, connect with some friends here and there, And again, please do follow at LO Boston Bruins if you're on Twitter for regular tweets and updates about our team. And you can also find us on Instagram at Locked on Bruins. I'm on both at Ian C. McLaren. Thanks again for listening, friends. You're all very much appreciated and have a great rest of your Monday. Peace.